morning, family. It is always good to be in the house of the Lord with the papam papam. It's part of who we are as a family. That's what we do. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that worship. I hope you were touched and blessed by that worship. That's the kind of worship I, I, I don't want to uh, recover from it. It was so powerful. It was so awesome. I felt like uh, Pastor Siv's weeping prophet anointing come upon me. So if you see me cry this morning, you know, it was that worship. It was just amazing. And I, I, I want to encourage all of us, when you come to the house of the Lord, to worship Him with all our hearts. Amen. In truth and in spirit. We're concluding a series uh, called Within Reach Today, uh, which we started uh, two weeks ago with Pastor Roger talking about the commission that God has given us. And I'm going to uh, touch on it again. Uh, next week, we start a sermon series on worship. And Pastor Langer, a.k.a. the general, will be preaching. So if you don't know who Langa is, he's the guy who was leading worship. And Langa also makes this uh, lovely shirt that I'm wearing, you know. I did tell him in the first service I'll give a, a free advertisement. We'll talk after the service. Uh, maybe there'll be some uh, royalties to come to the church. And uh, just uh, planning for next week when we have Langa, the week after we have Pastor Paul Manwaring. Some of you may know him, uh, coming from the UK. He's been with the Bethel Reading Church, and he really flows uh, in an anointing and gifting of uh, uh, prophetic and uh, teaching the Word. So I want to encourage you to be here, invite your friends, and don't miss it. He'll be doing uh, all four services, so we're looking forward to that time. As we start the Word of God today, I wanted to share a story with you. Uh, based on the experience I've been having, uh, we've been having with our daughter, Zinzi. So Zinzi, last week, she went on a mission trip with the kids' church to KZN. Uh, the couple that, yeah, I'm glad that there's people who are excited about KZN, you know? The, the, uh, the couple that uh, is leading the, a home there, a children's home. They've been part of Every Nation Church in London, and they came back. They started this home. So Zinzi went on this mission trip, and she was really blessed by this mission trip. And this was her second mission trip. We realized that every time she goes on the mission trip, it does something to her in her walk with God. If you've never been on a mission, make note and sign up on the next mission trip. It'll change your life. It'll ruin your life for good. And we're going to talk about missions just now, so you'll understand why I say that. So as I'm observing just what God is doing through the missions in our daughter, and recently she had a project at school. They were to study and research the Eiffel Tower and give a presentation at school. So I'm there just helping whenever she needs help. But this one day she put on her presentation that every nation is planting a church in Paris. She chose to put that on her own volition without me, the pastor, saying anything to her. She even took unapologetically this big logo of every nation and put it on her chart. And I'm like, man, this girl is on fire. You know, watch this space. It's just the beginning of the story. She goes to present and she shares that, you know what? This is what we do as a church. It creates, obviously, a, a curiosity in the teacher. What kind of a church in, is this in Johannesburg planting in the love capital of the world? There must be something about this church. And this opened a door for us to have a conversation with the teacher. Recently, when I was at the school, the teacher said, I didn't know you are a man of God. One thing leads to another. You know, like, you know, we are in conversation now. And he, she, he called another teacher. Hey, we have the man of God. 
revival begins. Because my daughter chose to share what God is doing in other nations. And this for me is when kids begin to do the things that we talk about, we know that we're establishing culture. When kids begin to leave this missional culture that we're talking about, we know we are establishing a culture for the king. So this is the commission that we always go back to. Uh, Today we're speaking about missional habits, which is pray, give, and go. Pray, give, and go. And this is coming from this very scripture we always speak about, Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Now, this scripture, Pastor Roger started two weeks ago, talking about these were the last words of Jesus before he died. I like how someone else calls it. He says that these last words of Jesus are now our first words. The last words of Jesus are our first words. That's the commission he's given us. We can unpack each and every one of this sentence, but I want to just bring your attention to all authority in heaven on an earth has been given to me. So what Jesus is saying, guys, before I commission you, I want you to know the authority and the power that which I carry that I am also transferring to you. And a lot of us as Christians, we don't even understand or comprehend the power and the authority that we carry. And this scripture is saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples. You see how that word all is repeated? By the way, all in Greek is all. There's no other revelation behind that. All is all. So while we talk about all authority, all authority on Christ, all nations, we need to reach every nation. That's why we are called every nation. All authority, all nations. And here's something I want to add for us to understand. We are all called. Not just a few. We are all called. Not just those who are on the stage or on the microphone. We are all called. Can I hear amen to that? We are all called. And this is why I say we are all called. Because the gospel is the only answer to the ills of society and the world. We are all called to make disciples. Because the gospel is the only answer. There is no other answer except the gospel. So as we look at this uh, missional habits that we're talking about today, I want to take you to a story in Acts chapter 13 that helps us understand the power of missional habits. And why we use the word habits is uh, based on this amazing story that Tiam told us recently. Tiam is our missions pastor, by the way, if you don't know who he is. Uh, Tiam said a few weeks ago, someone walked up to him and said, Brother, you look like um, that evangelist who used to pray for the nations in the church. Are you related to him? And where is he? And Tiam says, I'm the one. (laughs) And Tiam just says to the guy, it's just that I've lost so much weight. And the guy now is taking interest. Forget the evangelist. How come you've lost so much weight? What did you do to lose so much weight? Forget the prayer for the nations. Tell me what did you do? And Tiam tells him that I had to make a wholehearted decision that I want to do something about my weight. And I needed to change my habits. And I realized that a number of us, we have this uphill hopes 
but downhill habits. That's what John Maxwell says. We have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. We have hopes to lose weight. We have hope to change the world. We have hope to do great things, but it's all words and no action. Until our words are followed by action, it'll just be hopes. It'll just be hopes. We have uphill hopes and downhill habits. So I want to challenge you today. Let this word not just be great inspiration, but what am I going to change? What am I going to change going forward in response to this word? It's amazing how God works. After the first service, first time Vista comes to the guest lounge, walks up to Tiam. Tiam introduces himself and says, oh, are you the evangelist guy who's half the man that he used to be? And that person said, because of that story, I want to commit my life to Christ and live for Christ. This happened this morning, just after the first service. We can give God the glory for that. So, Tiam, we are grateful that you are half the man you used to be. (laughs) So let's read Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 5. They commissioned at Antioch. The church in Antioch is a church I like to speak about, and you'll see some of the awesome things that comes from this church in Antioch. Now... In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So they, when they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You know, reading this portion of scripture and this amazing story of the church in Antioch, you can actually study from uh, Acts chapter 11 when it speaks about the church in Antioch. The Bible speaks about the church in Antioch as a church that was a generous church. They say when there was a need in, the, in Macedonia, they, the believers themselves decided to give as they could to the church in Macedonia to help them. We read here that the church in Antioch, you have prophets and teachers. You see the fivefold ministers functioning and working together in one church. And I'm here to say to you, you know a church is healthy when the fivefold functions together. You know a church is healthy when different gifts are embraced and celebrated. And that's what we want to emulate in this church. You see this uh, portion of scripture. I believe the church in Antioch was a multicultural church. And you ask yourself, why would you say it was a multicultural church? First it says, Simeon called the Niger. The word Niger means black. So he was of African origin. If you don't believe me, go and study it. Lucius of Cyrene. Cyrene is in Libya. He was of African origin. But I also am convinced that there's no way he could be called Lucius if he wasn't black. I've never met a white guy with the name Lucius. Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, who was brought up Herod the Tetrarch. Why I bring your attention to that, that it was a multicultural church, is there's something about diversity that attracts the presence of God. 
There's something about multiculturalism that attracts the presence of God, like the kind of worship we had this morning. I believe the church in Antioch, they had that kind of worship that will shake up heaven. We're going to come to worshiping the Lord and fasting just now. But that kind of coming together, not to say that if it's a monocultural church, God doesn't show up. The only thing that I know is the Bible says when we get to heaven, every language, every tribe, every tongue, and every nation will be represented worshiping the Lord. Every language, every tribe, and every tongue will be in heaven worshiping the Lord. Every language, every tribe, and every tongue. So if you are here, maybe let me say for those who are not here, who struggles with the concept of diversity, I think they're going to have a problem in heaven. I think you're going to have a problem in heaven. Because even the Germans will be there in heaven. I don't have time to unpack that. Having worked in Germany, I know that, you know, that some people have got negative connotations around the Germans, but God loves them too. Amen. I won't talk about South Africa. I believe the Costas will be in heaven too. <laughs> just saying, just saying. My wife is Costas, so just saying, just saying. Okay, back to the word. One of the missional habits of this church. I just mentioned a few. They were a generous church. They were a multicultural church, meaning they welcomed everyone despite their origin. But they were a praying church. When we pray, we are reaching up. When we pray, we reach up to God. I like this. Prayer brings us closer to God and we hear His heartbeat for the lost world. Prayer brings us close to God and we can hear His heartbeat for the lost world. That's the power of prayer. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke. I'm just intrigued by this, that even though there were recognized prophets in this church, they noticed that the Holy Spirit is not guaranteed to speak just because they're prophets. They needed to fast, pray, and worship the Lord. Just because we have prophets like Greg and a great other prophets in this, in this family, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be worshiping, fasting, and praying. We need to be going to God so we can hear the Holy Spirit speak. While they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke. While they were waiting on the Lord, while they were lingering longer, the Holy Spirit spoke. That's why I love worship nights in this church. That's why I love corporate prayer. Because while we are worshiping and praying, the Holy Spirit will speak. The Holy Spirit will show up. Prayer brings us closer to God. Every nation church, uh, we want to be known as a praying church. But not only that, we want to be known as a fasting and praying church. So going forward, we want this first week of the month, whenever we fast and pray for the nations, if you can fast three days, do it. You'll become like Tiam. If you can fast 21 days, do it. Beginning of next year, we normally start beginning of the year with five days of fasting and prayer. We want to take it to 21. I didn't hear amen to that. <laughs> so we're going to start the year with 21 days of fasting. Only Greg is excited about it. Yes, we can do it. Now, saints, it's not just about the numbers. It's about what happens when we fast and pray. If we want to see revival, we'll go on our knees and we'll seek the heart of God. Maybe some of you will do a Daniel fast or, you know, fast certain days. But we feel the conviction of the Spirit to fast and pray to see change in our city and our nation. We feel the conviction of the Spirit. 
The other amazing thing about this church, it was a, a giving church, as I've mentioned before. Giving speaks about reaching in. Reaching in means to raise and release leaders, send them out. Reaching in means to dig deep in our pockets and to give to the cost of sending missionaries and seeing disciples made and seeing nations discipled. As an every nation church, we want to be a generous church. I like the fact that in Corinth, Apostle Paul writes and he says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. How, how beautiful are those words? See that you excel in the grace of giving. Not only do we want to excel in other things, in worship, in the preaching of the word, but we also want to excel in giving. We want to be known as a generous church. So I like the word grace because it's, it shows that on my own, I will struggle to give, but the grace of God is there to help me to give. The grace of God is there to help me. Even when I feel challenged to give, the grace of God will help me to excel in giving. These are some of the missionaries that we support in this church. There's a whole lot of others you will see in the foyer. Some of the missionaries that we pray for, that we support. And I've asked Dennis to come and just uh, talk about these missionaries and pray for them. I don't know if Lenin and Lit, you're here. All the way from Nairobi, Kenya. Please come on up. Amen. So we as a, as a church support some amazing missionaries, Letty and Lennon being some of them, from Kenya here to just be refreshed, and we trust in God for just His hand upon them. We're going to pray for them. But just to talk about the others, we're supporting Derek and Priscilla. You would remember Derek and Priscilla? Yeah. They're in Canada, in Winnipeg, Canada. Um, then it's Tendai and Carol. They're in Swaziland. And the amazing thing is yesterday we sent a team of eight people on a mission trip to go and support them in awesome. Manzini, Swaziland. Awesome. So please pray for them this week. <laughs> then at the bottom there you have Agnes and Lord. They're in Ghana, in Accra, Ghana, doing amazing thing for God. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand, and then I'm going to tell you why you're standing. So stand. We're standing because we're going to pray for these, the, all these missionaries who are out there doing what God's called them to do. And it's because of what you do, what your prayers, your giving, and your obedience. And so you're standing with them as you stand now. So please just let me stretch out your hands to Letty and Lennon, and let's pray. Father, I thank you for Letty and Lennon, Father. We thank you for who they are. We thank you for their passion for you. We thank you for what you're doing in Kenya yes, through their lives, Father. We thank you, Lord, for Tendai and Carol in Swaziland, Lord God. We pray for your blessings over that church, Father, over that campus ministry, Father. We thank you for Agnes and Lord, Father, as they sow seeds in Ghana, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for Priscilla and Derek, Father, and they, all of their family, Father, as they work in Canada to bring your light, Father. Lord, we pray for each one of these families. Lord, your blessing over them, your financial blessing. We pray, Lord God, that the seeds they sow will bear good fruit. And Lord, we thank you that you've called us to go into the harvest field to bring your light and your love, Father. We pray for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Uh, we don't have time. These guys, they have so many testimonies. The one I just want to highlight is uh, they were given 18 days to leave the country because their work permit was not yet uh, uh, given 
on the day that they were writing an email, making plans and arrangements to come back, Lennon checked on the portal and they said his work permit has been granted so they can stay longer in Kenya. Now you know God wants you there. Amen. God is in the business of transforming nations and discipling nations, and we become part of that. So people like to ask this question, why do you plant churches when there are so many churches out there? And like Jesus, I answer them with a question. I say, why would we not plant churches if there's still people who are lost out there? How many people who are not yet saved in South Africa, in Johannesburg, do you think we have enough churches? If you think that we have enough churches, then we will stop planting churches. So this is what we say in every nation. As long as there's one lost soul out there, we will plant churches. As long as there's one lost soul out there, we will go and make disciples and plant churches because they need to hear. And we are the sent ones. I like this. I like this. Floyd McClung says, planting a church without a fierce focus to reach the lost is one more way to shuffle Christians from one church to another. So when we plant churches, we are going after the lost, not Christians from other churches. In fact, if they come, we'll send them back. We've done that before. Unless if God is calling them to, for them to help us in the process of planting the church and building the church that God is calling us. We're not saying we want, we'll stop people, but our ideal is to go for the lost. Can I hear amen today? So I'm closing with this, reaching out. We go. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke, set apart, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. After they had fasted, again they are fasting and praying, they laid hands on them. And verse 4 says, they were sent out by the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that the Bible says they were sent out by the Holy Spirit and not by men. They were sent out by the Holy Spirit because of the prayer and the fasting that were in this church. May I submit this to you that we are all called, even though some of you may be called as vocational marketplace ministers, and some of us are vocational church ministers, but we are all called. We are called to know Him and to make Him known. To know Him and to make Him known. It's not just a few who are called. We are all called. All means all. No other revelation behind that. All of us are called. Some people, you will, will move to a nation and take up a job to be part of a church plant because you are called. All of us here in Joburg, we are called to bring in His will, His way in the city of Joburg because we are all called. We are all called. This word set apart, this word set apart are very, very important because I'm understanding that a number of us, we, we tend to think that it's only the pastors who are called, but we're all set apart for the work that God has for us. We are all set apart. By the way, this was the beginning of the ministry to the Gentiles because Paul and Barnabas obeyed the setting apart of God. You know, a number of years ago when I was a student at Wirtz, still new in his people at the time, every nation, there were these apostolic sayings that uh, were being taught and they're still part of who we are today. Some of you will remember these apostolic sayings. Reach the campus, reach the world. 
When you reach the campus, you'll get to the world. I mean, a story of a young man who graduated at UCT recently and moved back to his home country in Angola, started a small group. We are now planting a church because the small group has become a church. Reach the campus, reach the world. Every nation in our generation, we want to get to all the nations, not just to have the name every nation, but because of the lost, because of those who do not know the Lord. His commission, our mission, this commission that we've been talking about to go into all the world and make disciples, it is now our commission. This is my favorite one. A Bible and a passport is all you need. A Bible and a passport is all you need. No excuses. No excuses. So when I was a student at Verts, just arriving, and I'm told that all you need is a Bible and a passport. I thought to myself, what about the flights? What about accommodation? You know, forget about yellow fever. Forget about malaria tablets. You know, forget about all these things. All you need is a Bible and a passport. You know, I'm standing in front of you today to say this gospel works. It transforms lives. It transformed my life. And as a young man who had never owned a passport, and I'm told, all you need is a passport and the Bible. I said, I already have a Bible. All I need is a passport. I applied for a passport. And today, as I'm speaking to you, because someone said, all you need is a passport and a Bible, I've been to 22 African nations <laughs> preaching this gospel that transforms lives. I've had the privilege to travel to, over, to, to, to just three continents outside of Africa to preach this gospel. You know, I, I, I just have to be real with you. You must understand that I was the first one in my family, both on my dad's side and on my mom's side, to be on the plane. And to do it the African way, when I was flying overseas for the first time, everyone showed up. <laughs> everyone showed up. Over Tambo. It was called Jan Smarts then. You know, my family is like that, crazy like that. My kids like to say when they have a show at school or something, they're asking, Dad, is your family coming? Because <laughs> everyone shows up. It was a big thing. But someone has to be a trailblazer. Someone has to be a trailblazer because this gospel works. I don't have time. I can tell you stories after stories. I mean, right now, I received an invitation to, to speak at the presidential prayer breakfast, the Central African Republic, because this gospel works. This gospel works. This gospel works. We're going to end differently today and give you an opportunity to respond to this word. We're going to show a video clip, and after the video clip, we'll give you an opportunity to, to partner with our missionaries to support them, unless if you're already supporting them directly. But we want to give everyone an opportunity because your 50 rands, your 20 rands, your 200 rands, your 500 rands will make a difference. When you pull it all together, it makes a difference. It sends our missionaries to where they are needed the most. So how we're going to respond is I believe that some of you will go. Go to the nations. Some of you will go to Joburg because we're all called to the city as well. But all of us get to pray and we get to give. So we're going to give you an opportunity to give, to partner with our missionaries. Father, I pray that God, we will, like the Corinthian church and the Antioch church, excel in the grace of giving. I pray, Father, that God, we will look for opportunities to be the hands and the feet 
for this gospel to get to those who have never had this gospel. I pray that, God, we will respond in a way that we've never responded before. In Jesus' name, amen.